0: Hear what they've done to get there and where they want to go now. Settle back. It's time for a bit of inspiration and advice. Come listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith.
1: All right, so let's talk some author stuff. But Before we talk about writing your series based on your character, let's a few other things. You've been writing for a while. What are some things you've learned that you're doing different now than you did from at the beginning?
2: Yeah. One thing, get a comfortable chair because you're going to be on that keyboard or writing on a notebook or whatever, but you're going to be sitting down and you're going to be writing. And that's a task that if you have a comfortable chair, that helps a lot. What else can I tell you? The things that I did, yes, be compact, be economical. What I mean by that is you can be writing and you have rambling sentences that people don't really want to read. You really want to get to the action, what's taking place. The dialogue is something you learn as you go, I think. And it, you want crisp, short dialogue that goes with the story, that makes it go. You can have reflective dialogue, but I find that when two people are talking to each other, two characters are talking to each other, you want to get to the point.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, I, I picture with that hat and talking about the 1920s, I picture you sitting there at an old Remington steel typewriter <laughs> kicking away at it. But uh, I assume you don't do that. What, so what, what do you do when you write? Is there any software or services that you particularly like?
2: Yeah, I tried different ones. First, I tried uh, Microsoft Word, which is good. And then I went to Google Docs, which I use now. There are many others out there that I'll probably experiment and try different ones. But right now, the Google Docs seem to work. One of the things it has is that if I misspell a word, it tells me, hey, <laughs> this word does not spell like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then I'll correct it. And, uh, and uh, I, can, I can use that. And you can actually convert Google Docs to either a PDF file or a Microsoft Word file. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you can have the best of both worlds.
1: Okay. All right. And you had also mentioned earlier about marketing and that. So what are you doing to market? Do you have any interesting marketing you're doing?
2: I'm doing, doing podcasts, which I'm thankful to be on. on. Thank, you, <laughs> thank you for having me, by the way. And I'm also doing some book signing. I also do some, what would I call it? The library has different author days, my local library. So I do those. And I also get on as many websites as I can to try to promote my book. I do have the Amazon author page. I do have the Facebook page. I'm not on Instagram and I don't do Twitter. It's probably, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for an author, but that's what I'm trying to do that. And also there's book fairs too that I enter to try to do it that way.
1: So how are you finding like the book fairs and things to go to? Are you just Google searching or do you hear so, about them from other places? I,
2: yeah, a little of both. And then I have author friends that tell me about it and I read about it in the newspaper. And yes, I still read a paper newspaper <laughs> that comes in.
1: With that hat,
2: you have to. You got to You, you got to go for it. Yeah. And I get and word of mouth. I hear about it from different people that you have contact with. And I think that that helps authors if you have contact with other people that like to write and and you hear things and you exchange ideas.
1: Right. Okay. And so now for our discussion, you brought up an interesting topic of choosing or writing your series around your character. So what exactly did you mean by that and what are you doing to make that happen? Yeah, Joshua Oates...
2: Is the primary character in the, the Joshua Oates adventure series, but and he came as he was a like a secondary character in *Vengeance of the Ripper*, because was all about Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson and, and Jack the Ripper, and then some other characters that take part in the novel. And he was in the background as this police captain, and he was very young at the time, and. I thought, to make a sequel, let's flesh him out. Let's flesh this character out. Make him more um, three-dimensional. And we did that by saying that he was divorced, and then he started drinking, and that led to his leaving the police force. And then he wandered the country for a while. Then he entered the Great War, which is World War I. And he, he was actually a lieutenant in the war that lost his men in a battle in France. And of course, that led to what they call shell shock, because he experiences the horrible things that happen in war. And he got as far away from his old job in California as he could. And he sets up his detective office, because that's what he knows, he knows being a former policeman, that's all he knows. So he becomes a private investigator in Boston, Massachusetts, which is where Spencer was in the Robert B. Parker movies, but only it's nineteen nineteen, almost the beginning of the Roaring Twenties. And I saw and I started typing. I started banging the keyboard, and I came up with a complicated But interesting story about this ex-police captain who becomes a down-and-out private investigator and gets involved with somebody from the past that happened in Vengeance of the Ripper. And from there, different things happen. He met Angela Lang, which is his girlfriend, who happens to be a police detective in training in 1919 and later becomes a full detective. And the two of them get in different adventures in my stories that happened after that. And
1: it was, it just one thing led to another and it led to a series. Do you think if you hadn't developed the character that your series would not have happened or would have been completely different if it had been some other character? It wouldn't have happened.
2: Because okay. yeah, was I going to do a sequel with Wyatt Earp, for example? I don't know about that, because at that point in the 1920s, he was in, well, in his 70s. He couldn't be doing too much other than trying to enjoy life in sunny California. So I said, how about this young police captain? I said, let's give him this backstory. And I said, you know what? After I wrote the sequel, which is Target of Fear, a couple of years later, fans some fans who actually bought the book and read it said, Are, is there any more adventures with him? Any more adventures with Joshua? I said, yeah, I have some ideas. And then I began writing. And soon I came up with my third book, which is A Darker Shade of Greed, which took an idea I had from my grandfather, who was a tailor in Springfield back in the 1930s or 40s, but I had him in the 1920s. And he told me a story years ago when I was a young kid. He told me a story, or I heard a story, that he used to take trips into Washington, D.C. from Springfield, Mass., something about gambling. I said, what? So then my relatives said, no, maybe it did happen, but we don't know. So I said, that would make an interesting story, a tailor that has to go into, but I didn't make it Washington, D.C. I made him going into New York City because that's where Joshua Oates has his adventures mostly. And so I had him going into New York City and he's carrying something in a suit that he made. And this led to something else and something else. And it's a really good adventure. And then after that, people said, oh, how about another book? So I wrote The Killer's Code, which is my fourth book in the series. And this led to something about what if Joshua Oates went back to California, where he left the police force in disgrace 10 years ago. This would make an interesting story. So I did that.
1: And mystery stories are very much plot driven. You've got the whole thing figuring out whatever the mystery is, usually murder, it seems. But- a lot of them, like what you're talking about, are very character, too. That main central character has to be bigger than life, something that people can glom onto, whether it's because they're a heavy drunk drinker and they're struggling or they're an ex-cop because they killed their partner. If there's there's some, something that draws people in, you got to have both for a, a murder series that people get into, yeah, Spencer well, being a great example.
2: Yeah. Some of the reviews I got back said Joshua Oates is an endearing character. Because of his struggles and because of how he tries to do the right thing, he's not like a Sam Spade where he's going to solve the mystery or a Mike Hammer where he just goes in. But he's more of a a little more complicated character that does a lot of self-reflection, but gets in on the action because he gets in a lot of fights when he tries to do these investigations. And he learned how to fight. When back when he was a police captain, he gets in fifth
1: fights a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> you mentioned that <those> dialogue, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. super important for developing yes. a character. It helps not you get their thoughts and stuff throughout the book, usually, but the dialogue is how they interact with everyone else, is yeah. how it not only propels the plot but you get a lot of that character in dialogue.
2: Right. So when he's, when Joshua is confronted by these, uh, these hoods that he meets these mob bosses and stuff, he's more of a wisecracking guy like Spencer in his novels. So Joshua's, you know, getting threatened by these uh, mob bosses. And then he goes, he says something sardonic and just witty. And it goes over the head of the bad guy. And (laughs) Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, so that's the way he reacts to that.
1: And I got that from the Robert B. Parker novels, yes, so I borrowed. But So have you but, been working on a character arc for your main character, or is he pretty much the same character in every book? No, he grows. He grows from book to book. He, each story is like an arc,
2: although you can read the book as a standalone novel because – Each book has its own sort of characters, but also it it does rely on some information about the past novels, which I incorporate in a sentence or two that tells you a little bit about the background of a certain character. That if you didn't read book number two, you wouldn't necessarily know who this person was that Joshua is referring to. But if I give a little background, in paragraph that sets up the next
1: story. So. Okay. And, and I can think of a lot of series that like Mac Bolin, the executioner, there's 300 of those. So he doesn't really change. There's not a lot of arc growth in his character and Spencer himself. There's a little bit, but he's, he stays pretty constant throughout the series. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Joshua's sort of like that, but he's a little wiser with each book. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's the best way to express it.
1: Do you think in this type of story, series, mystery, do you think that character growth from start to finish is important? Or do you think the, that people are reading it because they like the character the way he is and they want more adventures? I think
2: a little of both. Okay. Uh, you don't want to be like stagnant. You don't want your character to be too stagnant. Let's take, I don't know. I guess James Bond would be a good example. You want James Bond to be sophisticated and have drink the his martini shaken, not stirred, and having liaisons with different beautiful women, and uh, be a spy, you know, and act like a spy. Tarzan would be the same. He'd be in the jungle of Ed Jane, Jane. But Joshua, basically the same, but he grows a little bit with each novel. Because he, he, he's a reflective type of detective, but he also is an action figure too. And,
1: and James Bond's a good example because I think the latest James Bond movies, which the books are one thing. I mean there's a certain amount of books, those are done. He doesn't change a lot there. And a lot of the early movies, it was pretty much the same character and that's what people wanted. But the Daniel Craig movies, I think they tried to give him a much deeper arc with yes. going this Boyhood yeah, Home, there's... Skyfall and everything. Exactly.
2: And there's good and bad in that. Should I do a <laughs> No, I shouldn't give away the plot in the last movie, but it was different than it was something that out of the ordinary, you don't do that to James Bond.
1: Right. No. no. There, there, his whole art he quit for a while because he felt betrayed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he got shot by his own people. And, and then it, he went to his boyhood home to save M. And, and then the last one, definitely last. an art completion. <laughs> Unless this is a multiverse James Bond from another dimension. <laughs> Arguably, it could be that. There's a, we keep getting different faces and he's been around for 60 70 years. Right. So, there's something going on there. Is it just is it's the dread pirate Roberts. Yeah, it's exactly. On.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right. You have different actors but it's the same character basically. Yeah.
1: Which, yeah. uh, honestly, I've said for a while, I wouldn't mind seeing that with Indiana Jones. I could take a, another actor being a young Indiana Jones to get the adventures because right. I like Indy and I like Harrison Ford, obviously, right. but I think more Indiana Jones movies would be awesome, kind of James Bond-like. I I personally would be okay with that. I'm not with everything. I don't want to see Star Wars redone with all new actors no. I, with the in this old time period. But I I think some things I'm okay with.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Would it work? I think the adventures would work. I'll have to see Indiana Jones 5, what comes out of that. The rumor is that the, the person that's helping him becomes the new Indiana Jones, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Different Steve. people have different opinions, different thoughts. Oh, Steve, I think this has been great. You got any last comments on characters and series?
2: Yeah, know your character for you, because I'm my own worst critic, and you want it. You want it to be, yeah, you want it to be good. You want it to be a good read, something that somebody's mm-hmm. gonna get a write from start to finish that they don't want to put down, and you want it to be fun too.
1: Right. All right. Steve, it's been really great talking to you about your book and writing your series around the character. So I wish you luck on that. And as soon as this goes live, I'll let you know. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, great. And I look forward to seeing more from you. Thank you. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book, And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for so people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use, so I've got an affiliate link.